I'm so glad you're here at the Generation Cedar Podcast. I'm Kelly Crawford, wife and mom to 11. Yes, I birthed 11 kids. You have come to the right place if you crave to live and parent with purpose and just need encouragement and inspiration to do your most important job, raising kids for the kingdom. Join me every other Monday for a quick, powerful shot in the arm or subscribe and listen in every Wednesday to the deeper, meatier stuff. Let's dive into today's episode. Today's episode is Hospitality or Humility, Practical Tips for Practicing Hospitality. Hospitality, according to Jesus, is essentially being willing to be humiliated. Hospitality is humble service. Humble service is caring for the needs of others. You know, Jesus' last act as he knelt and washed the disciples' feet, caring for their basic, unexciting needs, was the final, ultimate irony of his entire message to us. He was saying, forget yourself, become the least, serve until you're spent, and you can be my disciple. I think it's significant that he used the lowest of acts and performed them for his spiritual family, those men who had become like sons to him, as his grand finale. This was his magnum opus, if you will. Of all the things that he could have done the night before he left. I don't know about you, but I need to hang out in that story for a bit. Once we understand the what, why, when, and how of hospitality, it's easier to focus on the practical ways to carry out this important command. With all our notions of entertainment and impression aside, we should feel freer to just embrace real hospitality. Instead of being prompted by pride, you know, impress them with my food and my house, Jesus reminds us that hospitality is essentially being willing to be humiliated. Ouch, that's tough for us to think about. Now, one way to practice what I call outward hospitality is simply making a phone call to a friend who needs to talk, sending cards, carrying meals. Those are just a few ways. It's very easy to make this a regular part of our lives with just a little forethought. And here are just a couple of ideas I have. Keep a basket full of note cards, stamps, pens, and address book. Keep it in a visible place so it will remind you. Ask the Lord to lay someone on your heart and then follow through with a kind word. If he prompts you to send a monetary gift, it can be a tremendous blessing to someone as well, if not just to say, God has not forsaken you. Consider those you may not readily think about. Often the women who seem to have it all together don't, and they could use a word of, I'm praying for you today. It's a huge thing, even though it's a small gesture. Also, occasionally make an extra meal or plate while you cook for your family to have on hand when a neighbor needs a meal. My dad has the habit of making a plate from dinner and carrying it to um, a couple of widowed people that live down the road, and he's been a good example of this to me. It's about the only cooked meal he ever eats, and it takes less than 10 minutes, and it's just a tremendous blessing to him. So I appreciate the example my dad has been to me in that. When I was a younger mom with lots of little people, one of my friend's daughters were so good about bringing meals over when I was either pregnant or just struggling to get through a day. And 
it just was a huge blessing to me. Sometimes they would bring a meal and clean the house, but they just loved to serve. And so busy moms are, are good target when you're trying to think of someone you can bless. Um, they really appreciate those acts of kindness. I have a neighbor who usually brings a huge basket of breakfast food um, when we would come home from the hospital after baby was born. And I, that was just a tremendous blessing. So think through some practical things uh, you can do to help maybe struggling younger parents around you. Having people over, though not the only way to show hospitality, is the area most people feel inadequate. And there are several things that our family thinks are important as we practice hospitality. Number one, if it's too stressful, we'll avoid it. So we must make it doable for our family in our season. Maybe that means making a super simple meal or whatever you need to do to adjust. Secondly, if it's stressful, mom isn't joyful. If mom isn't joyful, the rest of the family isn't either. If we can't welcome others into our home with joy, we lose a lot of the point. Thirdly, a welcoming spirit is much more important than what's on the menu. We try to be practical. We make it to where everyone can serve. Everybody plays a part in getting ready. If we don't plan deliberately, getting out the calendar, literally calling and inviting someone, hospitality kind of stays in this we need to do category. So we just have to be deliberate, get that calendar out and put a date on it. An imperfect house is not only okay, but can be tremendously encouraging to another mom who incorrectly thinks you are perfect. Tidy is good, but perfection is hypocrisy. So let go of those baseboards. You're, you're okay, and it might be a blessing if you have a few dust bunnies lying around. As far as food goes, we recently concluded that a one or two dish meal needs to become our standard company menu, and for several reasons. One, it's just easier to prepare ahead of time, and anything you can do early in the day relieves stress as time for guests to arrive approaches. Secondly, if there are a lot of people, it's much less chaotic at mealtime to serve from one or two dishes rather than five or six. And thirdly, if the budget needs considered, this is usually the most economic route. I've learned from more seasoned women that selecting one or two regular guest menus saves a lot of time and stress. Also, you just become more efficient when you practice with the same menu. It's perfectly wonderful to have people over, by the way, just for dessert and coffee especially if you want to ease into regular hospitality. Now, as I mentioned, I'm learning it's not only okay for our house to not be perfect, and it's, there's no point trying when you have a family the size of ours, but I am personally relieved to see someone's house look a bit lived in. So I feel like there's a balance. We should honor our guests by presenting a tidy, pleasant atmosphere, but we should not fake perfection as it provides neither us nor our guests any benefit. Now to close with a few tips. We designate a certain day of the week as cleaning day and that's the day we try to have people over. Right now it's Friday, this is a good day so we, we just pair those two together. Having company is added incentive for everyone to work diligently and cheerfully. They're more willing to clean if they know people are coming over. Play soothing music during dinner. I like this. This is a biggie on our list. It just creates a nice um, 
comforting, relaxing environment. Light candles. Low lights and candles hide a lot of dust. <laughs> That's my little cleaning tip for you. And then focus on the main areas and the guest bathroom. Don't sweat cleaning the entire house from top to bottom. Baskets and containers will help keep things looking organized and allow you to do a quick toss before guests arrive. It makes people feel especially welcomed if you or some of the family is waiting on the porch when they arrive. Just the same, walking them out and waving them off sends the message that you really enjoyed your time and you're disappointed to see them leave. And lastly, listen intently, ask questions, and care about what your guests have to say. If your heart is set on loving the Lord, out of it will flow rivers of living water. Thanks so much for listening today. Hey, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me through my blog at generationcedar.com or catch me on Facebook or Instagram. Tell me what has helped you. Tell me what you'd like to hear or just tell me your story. Until next time.